They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poet's part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down I just happen to come up hard I never took a straight path nowhere. Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. I'm from that city. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast. And today we will be recapping Power Book Two Ghost Season Two and Episode Five. And the episode was called Coming Home to Roost. A very fitting title for, for this episode. Um, I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? And we are also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How are you doing, Dana? I am doing good. Excited to be here and talk about the powers. Good, good. I'm also excited. Uh, me and Dana are cosplaying as Run DMC, as you can see today. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> We got we got the Adidas on and everything, so yeah, um, we're ready to go. Uh, yeah, this this was a crazy episode today, um, mid season finale. You know, we expected some crazy things to happen, um, at, but yeah, this this episode like it, it there was no slow moments. Like they were just going right to you know the, the crazy stuff. Like so, yeah, there's a lot to talk about after an episode like that. Um, it definitely progressed the the story forward a lot. Like it went so fast, like so, so much has happened. So yeah, we have to like really break this down. Um, and of course, you know, the, the show power is going to be away for two weeks over the holidays. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we're going to make sure we do a good job in, you know, breaking this down, uh, so that, you know, people can come back and remember what happened before the next episode airs and everything like that. So, yeah, uh, let's get right into our takeaways. A quick reminder, please, you know, like the video, comment, subscribe. You know, if you really enjoy the content and you want to show your support, please do engage, you know, with the video on YouTube. And, uh, you know, if you're listening somewhere else, also please hit the like button or follow the podcast. Um, so, yeah, we're going to head over to Miss Dana Abercrombie for her takeaways on this episode of Power. So here's with the takeaways, Dana. All right. So as always, we start off with the lesson of the day. And the lesson of this episode was basically called karma. And this is basically ties right into the chickens come home to roost. It starts off with the opening song. I don't know the title of it, nor do I know who sings it. But it starts off with the opening of Everybody Wants Freedom. And that is kind of the theme of power that we've seen in the first um half of the season is there everyone wants freedom whether or not you're willing to sacrifice yourself for other people for that freedom this is what the journey that we've been on and this is when your chickens and your roosters are coming home to roost and karma is coming for you and it talks about whether or not you're able to escape your sins of your past and with that we have a lot of sins that are catching up to people you know one person who may have committed a sin with one thing and now they're getting that sin returned back to them but in a different form so right away we have to start off with the fact that um Tariq. Tariq 
um, ends up being arrested for the murder of Jabari. And while many people are like, yay, and some people are like, nay, what was really interesting was the fact that it all seems to to lead up to his past and him killing his father. And that while he is directly involved with Jabari's murder, the fact that for me, it really resonated, especially when you come to the ending where you had the, the letter from the father who was actually voiced by 50 Cent, um, was basically saying, I knew you would always end up here because essentially saying that you had the opportunity to not choose the path that you that you chose. Go set it up for you to live the normal life, but instead, either genetics or you just being extremely hard-headed, you decided to go down this path of life and you thought you was going to be me and look, you ended up just in, in jail just like me. And I thought it was really interesting that they used the voiceover, which to me sounded very much like 50 Cent because he seemed to be one of the main mentors of Tariq. We know that Ghost really kept him, tried to keep him at bay in terms of, I don't want you to learn this business, while Ghost was the one who was like, come here, I'm going to show you everything, as in terms of trying to pay back 50 Cent, but that's another rabbit hole I'm not one to get down with. But I really liked how we, we established that. Also, for me, that was very important, was the storyline of Monet. Monet is trying to control everything and everyone in her life to the point where she is lying to her children. And she makes a very interesting point by saying, I thought that I was raising them to be strong. And instead, I can't trust anyone. I can't trust them. And it looks like they can't trust each other. And she realizes this. I feel when it's way too late. You have Diana who stole the money. You have, um, she's trying to get Lorenzo back, but then you have Mecca in the corners like, baby, baby, I love you. And she has all of these opportunities to change and her children are telling her to let them breathe, let them go. Uh, there are children who are suffering in pain, but in silence, you know, Zeke really does not want to do this whole basketball thing. Drew was caught up with his little man and he's not able to fully express himself and he's hiding who he truly is. And everyone is basically in a cage. And then we come to the very ending where we do see that Lorenzo is back, which is really great for the kids. But this comes to a point where this is not something Monet wants. Remember, during the whole time, she was kept out of the loop for this. She didn't know anything that was happening. This was all Diane's doing. And you really see her just kind of realize things way too late. And when she discovers that Lorenzo is back, there is a sense of pure dread that is on her face. You know, what I do appreciate from the scene, Mary J. Blige, we all know about her acting or maybe lack of sometimes, but by her not going and being loud and crazy and actually allowing herself to just breathe and stay silent for once, we we can read the emotions much better. And I loved the fact that she was just didn't say anything. It was a moment of pure shock. And what the camera angles did that was lovely was it went from eye to eye to eye in a sense that it 
tracked Mary's eyes and you had all your emotions in your eye and how it went to Diana and it had all her expression all in her eye and then it went to each one and every all the other kids and you see how you know to me it felt in this moment very Shakespearean in the sense of I can't trust anyone it felt like a Julius Caesar moment where I wonder if now with him back everyone can rightfully or will turn on her because one, she's been keeping all these secrets from the kids. They've betrayed each other in their trust. Everything is kind of wonky with them. So to it, the, the, what do you call it? The, what is that word? When you have the main person, the common denominator seems to be Monet. Everyone has their moment of being angry at Monet. So that was one of the things that really stood out that I loved about this. And then we also have to go with the fact that I would call it not the love triangle. What would you call it? The anti-love triangle between Brayden, Kane, and Tariq where it really established that everyone is trying to kind of set everyone else up, but Braden is kind of off to the side and he doesn't know what's really going on. But you see the battle between Tariq and Kane, which I thought was very well done, you know, how, and Monet is trying to control all of these pieces also as well, going back with the control. But I really loved how they were establishing this, complete break from each other and this complete distrust from each other and how later on we know that the badge comes into play and that we finally realize who Kane was setting up but I just really loved how you can't trust anyone with this and I think they did an exceptional job with how they established that we don't know who is playing whom and we don't know whom the real victim is. So that was kind of the main ones. Uh, I can speak forever, but I'm not going to do that. So those were the main ones. Cool. Yeah. Excellent points highlighted there. Um, definitely some notable, you know, moments uh, that you made mention to. Um, so we're going to uh, pass it over to Richard Bowley Jr. now and get his takeaway on uh, his takeaways on this episode. So go ahead, Rich. Uh, ex- excellent takeaways from Dana, as always. Uh, I want to start right here. Right here. Um, everything Dana said about karma, that pretty much was the embodiment of this entire episode. And that's why I think it really came off well. I very much enjoyed the episode. Uh, as far as the takeaways that I do have, I have two small ones and then one big one I'm going to get to. So let's talk first about Monet. Uh, obviously, we know that she has been messing around with Mecca. She's been thinking about the possibilities of getting out. Mecca made a very generous offer to her, which I have to say, I'm very surprised that uh, she would turn that down because, I mean, I know I know quite a bit of people that would it take him up on that offer. But again, she was thinking that she still had an out. She didn't have to worry about Zeke. As we saw at the very beginning of this episode, he was taken into custody. He had to try to basically turn himself in. And then that decision got reversed very, very quickly. So she no longer was paranoid or worried about that. But again, for her taking all this time to think it through. And then the fact that she still hasn't had the conversation with Zeke yet about 
the fact that she is his mother, uh, taking all this time, now she's going to have to come full circle on all of this and have to address what's the next step. Because obviously we saw at the end of this episode, uh, my client showed up at the very end, Mr. Lorenzo Tejada. So, uh, I mean, Gary, you and I totally called it and said that's probably going to happen at the midseason finale. So, yes, we will go ahead and say, yeah, we, we did see that coming. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that saw that coming. Oh, um, yeah, we, we called it, and then you went ahead and bonded him out. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I like that now we're starting to see that uh, Monet has to deal with a lot of the consequences that she's decided to get herself involved in. And I'm curious to see how it plays out. I also am curious to see how Mecca is going to react to all of this. Because uh, obviously he doesn't know that uh, Lorenzo is out. But he will know when the season returns. So we'll see what happens from there. My second takeaway is, much like what Dana said about how they use Kane in this episode, how they use Tariq and Brayden. Uh, as far as Kane is concerned, uh, this episode, he made a lot of very costly decisions that I think he's going to pay for later. The simple fact that he was being followed by Tariq and then he's asked by Mecca's crew, Nuff, as well as the the chef, he's being asked, do you know who this person is? And he says, no, I don't know who he is. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen because of that. Because, again, you saw what the consequences was when you lied to your mom. But this time, this is business here. So you lied to Mecca. That's going to create some 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 issues. And uh, the Nuff character. You know, he was made sure to beat up Tariq. So I'll get into that in a minute. But it's just that uh, seeing what Kane has been doing, you know, he made sure he did whatever he had to do to make sure he protected himself. All of setting up everything with Tariq from last week. So obviously we see what happened with all of that. So I'm curious to see now where things go with the Kane character. One thing I will say that I did appreciate about this episode is that they alluded to the fact and they actually mentioned him as Lorenzo Jr. Because we saw when he was, when, when Kevin, when his name was mentioned, when they was talking with, with Lauren, Kevin did his research and say, yes, that is Lorenzo Tejada's son. The nickname is Hurricane. And that's where the cane comes into play. I really like that they explained that. They also explained the fact that Zeke was living with the family when he, when he was in high school. See, all of these details, you know, I hope people pay attention to this stuff because it's important. And it's probably going to be brought up later in future episodes when you ask more questions about the paternity stuff and who's the oldest and stuff like that. All that's important. So pay attention to those details. But yeah, overall, I like what they did with Kane in this episode. And I look forward to seeing what happens when the show returns. And finally, my biggest takeaway, and by far, this is the reason why I love the episode. The big thing about this particular show when it started is that everyone had questions about can this show be successful? There was a lot of people that did not like Tariq as a character because he killed his father and they did not want to, and they did not want to see a show with this character at all. But the thing about the show, and we spoke about this when we covered last season is that it's great because it caters to those that don't like Tariq. And then it also caters to those that like Tariq. This episode was the embodiment of all of that because in this episode, you wanted to root for Tariq. And even when he got the victory, over his grandmother and got custody of Yaz right away. That's taken away immediately when you see now he's going to prison and he's going to get caught up now. Um, I just think that was, that was excellent. You know, he has, 
and, and, the, and they did it so well because everything that happened in this episode, Tariq is truly focused on his sister for the most part. Even when he has these casual conversations with Lauren, that all backfired as well because she had to watch on and he's telling and she's trying to get him to say, yeah, you know, Braden has something to do with all of this. He said, no, but you know that Braden didn't know Professor Reynolds. I knew him. I'm the one that told him about him. So all of this stuff, as innocent as it might have been, it just it, it makes you feel something for the character. Uh, there are people that are probably happy. They're going to be happy to see that this he got or he got arrested. We already know he's not going to stay in there forever because this is power. And Ghost did not stay in jail for long either. But I just like how they brought all that full circle because it's going to make people feel the ones that don't like Tariq as a character, okay, they'll be happy. But then the ones that really do like the character, they're going to feel a certain type of way about how all this went down. Because, again, this episode we saw him get beat, beat up. You know, he finally got access to a car, which was Lauren's car, by the way, because they exchanged a text that let you know he's using her car. Um, but yeah, all the stuff that happened in this episode, it's like it's designed to make you feel something for this character and really realize how much weight he has on his shoulders that he has to take advantage, that he has to basically deal with. Um, and the last point that I will mention about the jail scene, which I'm sure we'll also talk about later, how he did receive the letter from a Daniel, uh, you know, his, uh, you know, Mr. St. Patrick's advisor uh, in charge of the account. And he had the little monologue of this is something that your father was going to give you if you ever ended up in jail. Uh, <clears throat> I think that that particular scene where they had ghosts, I, you know, I really wish that we were able to get a voiceover of, uh, you know, James St. Patrick, because when you think about the last time that Tariq had a conversation with Ghost. When he held Ghost at gunpoint, what did Ghost say? Tariq, if you do this, you can't take it back. He say, he pretty much said that, and then Tariq shoots him. So to have him now provide a voiceover, we already know Amaria Hardwick is not going to show up in the show. We already know that. But if he would have provided a voice, it would have added a little bit more to that scene because I think people are going to, because we've already seen uh, Kanan show up as a Ghost so I kind of feel like people are going to want to question why he didn't show up or why they didn't do something to really give you the impact that Omari is involved in all of this. But again, I know why they didn't do it because this show is about Tariq. And we know if Ghost shows up, that takes some focus off of Tariq and more on James St. Patrick. Even, if it, even, even as a ghost, people would be so into the idea that he is the one that is on the show. This, this adds more, more value to it. But I think at least a voiceover, it would have helped the scene a little bit more to really, in, you know, show you the impact of Tariq's actions. But at the end of the day, I think, once again, it was an entertaining episode. It's how you should do a mid-season finale, because now there's a lot of things up in the air. You have no idea what's going to happen next. So I can't wait for the show to come back. And yeah, pretty good job overall. But that's my takeaways for this week. Oh, yeah awesome points there um so yeah uh just uh i do i want to have a discussion about the ghost thing uh but we'll, we'll save that so we can all chime in but yeah i do have some things i want to say about that um but yeah I'll, I'll get to my takeaways first of all so you know you guys already said a lot of uh you know the, the points i was thinking of but um, I'll just try and, you know, add uh, some of my thoughts. So 
overall, like, I really enjoyed the episode. Um, it was very fast paced. It did feel like the first half, it was like rushing through things, but I understand why, because they were setting up everything, you know, and, and then in the, in the second half of the episode is when we saw everything kind of pay off. Like we saw all the, you know, amazing, like the, the, the intense moments pay off in, in the second half. Uh, but yeah, that first half, it was like there were there were moments where it literally felt like they were rushing through their lines and things like that because they had so much to get to. But um, but yeah, still still a pretty entertaining episode to watch. Um, so a few things to note um, from my perspective, um, I think Kane and Lauren meeting has some significance. Um, I think, you know, this is going to be something they play on later on um we know that monet was telling kane to look for weaknesses you know for so so she can control Tariq. um and you know now that Tariq is kind of locked up that might not be as relevant at the moment like you know she she doesn't need to control him at the moment anymore but i do think that that is going to come into play later though you know especially if Tariq ever gets out of you know prison um now uh, things get a bit complicated there with the whole Lauren thing, but I'll explain why in a minute. But I do think the fact that those two characters met, you know, Kane and Lauren, and it seemed like, you know, Kane was kind of interested in her a little bit. Um, I think that has some significance that, you know, we might see pay off at a later time. Um, so, yeah, that was quite interesting. Um, so speaking of Lauren, um you know, now that Tariq is is locked up, we know that he's he's possibly he's going to try and fight this case. You know, because he is his father's son, so he's going to try and fight this case any way he can. Uh, I don't exactly know how he's going to get the money, but I'm sure he'll rely on Braden for that, maybe. Um, but yeah, you know, he's going to fight it, and fighting it means that he's going to have to, you know, pay for a lawyer. And I'm guessing that might be, you know, it's going to either be the you know the family lawyer or or uh you know uh davis mclean so i if that's the case they're gonna do some digging you know um to find out what was going on in this investigation and when they do that they're gonna find out that there was a source of information or somebody wearing a wire and i i think this is gonna make Tariq you know wonder who could have been you know wearing that wire and who could have got this information from him and he's going to, you know, instantly think of, you know, Lauren. So I'm wondering if that is going to co- actually create some tension between those two later on um, to where, you know, he, he he doesn't like her anymore. But but then also it's complicated because he just won the case to get Yaz back. And we saw Lauren gave him the apartment of her brother. So, you know, if, if, if he, you know, if he somehow... Um, is at odds with Lauren, he loses access to that situation if he ever does get out, you know? So, yeah, so it's pretty complicated how, you know, how things are working at the moment. And I'm interested to see, you know, how that is going to play out from a story perspective. Uh, Cause yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, nuance in there. Um, and, you know, so getting over to Monet and Mecca. So we see that, you know, at the top of the episode, uh, Mecca, you know, proposes some things to her, like, you know, I, I can uh, give trust funds to all your children so you don't have to worry about them anymore. 
and you can just relax and, you know, be with me, basically, was his ultimatum. And then um, by the end of the episode, it seems like, you know, at first Monet is against that, but by the end of the episode, it seems like she's more open to it once Tariq tells her about all of the dirt her family has been doing, you know, her children. You know, Tariq tells her, you know, Kane Kane spiked the drugs and, you know, uh, Drew has been seeing Everett and Diana took the money. Like she once Tariq tells her all these things, it seems like she kind of gives up a little bit on the family. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to trust Mecca. Uh, Well, first of all, she doesn't know he's Mecca. So that's important to know. But but yeah, she she knows him as LaDante. So but. Once she knows all of that dirt on the family, she seems more open to, you know, accepting LaDante's terms. And she goes back and sees him. They have a kiss. And uh, she agrees that she's going to let him meet Zeke as his father, um, you know, once she sorts some things out and puts some things in place, right? Um, so my thinking is that, you know, now that we know that, your boy Lorenzo got out rich, you know, that is instantly going to put Mecca and Lorenzo at odds because now, now that Lorenzo's home, she, she can't carry, she can't see whatever plan she had through anymore. She now has to adjust and she now has to go back to LaDante and tell him, I'm sorry, I can't let you meet Zeke. I can't, you know, I can't do anything with you right now because now I, I have this family situation. Lorenzo is out. And instantly that is going to make Mecca want to manipulate the entire situation. And he has the advantage because Lorenzo probably doesn't know anything about him just yet. Um, and that puts, uh, that makes things interesting because who is Kane going to be loyal to now? Because, you know, Kane's loyalty is is, you know, whoever he's loyal loyal to has the power in this situation because, you know, we know that he's doing business with Mecca, but he's Lorenzo's son, you know? So it's like, who is he going to be loyal to in this conflict? Cause there could come a situation where, um, where Kane is manipulated through Mecca and he doesn't even know it, you know, because he doesn't know about the situation between Monet and Mecca and, you know, and, uh, you know, he doesn't know, like, what the the rocky relationship between his mother and, and Lorenzo. So, like, yeah, he, you know, he's in a weird place, but it's going to be very important where he, who he's loyal to, I think. Because if he's loyal to his father, then, you know, that might put him, that might mean he turns his back on Mecca in the future. But, you know, if he ends up at odds with his father, then, you know... It's going to be interesting, but uh, yeah, so it's going to get, it's going to be very messy and I'm, I'm actually very much looking forward to this. Like this whole family dynamic is going to get very entertaining. Um, so I can't wait to see which way they, they take that. Um, and also we see that, you know, Tariq told Monet the mech, the, uh, the plug is called Mecca. So she's going to make this distinction very soon, I think. Um, I think it's it's coming. It's going to happen. She's going to make the distinction. Um, you know, either Kane might tell her I'm dealing with the, with someone named Mecca, you know, to get the drugs. And then, you know, and she might make the link somehow. But, yeah, she she's going to find out. So 
yeah, uh, I'm very much looking forward to that moment because when it hits her that, you know, Mecca is, he's not only her, her ex and the father of her child, you know, Zeke, but he's also the plug, you know, so that is going to like send ripples through, through everything, you know, and, and maybe Monet will have the exact same stone expression she had when she saw Lorenzo uh, came home <laughs> when that happens, you know, she'll have the, the, the exact same face. So that would be hilarious. But uh, the last thing I want to say before we get into our questions, in which there's going to be a lot of back and forth, I imagine. Um, the last thing I wanted to say uh, is I noticed also that, you know, I, I don't know the name of the DA woman that Sax is sleeping with. Um, do you know her name? Jennifer Su- Sullivan. Jennifer Sullivan. There Some, you go. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that sounds right. Um, yeah, so we see that she she in the she was talking to uh, Detective Whitman in the bar, and then Sax shows up, and then he's like, "Who's that guy?" So, to me, I was wondering if they're planting a seed there. So I, I think you know there could be a time where uh, you know Sax and, and Whitman are kind of like at odds over like may, maybe uh you know maybe the woman starts to hang hang out with Whitman a bit more. And Sax is at odds with him or something like that, you know. Um, so I'll be very interested to see what happens there. But then also, you know, it could just be that Sax uh, tries to get inf- information about Whitman through her to help McLean. You know, that could also be what happens there. But, yeah, uh, I just thought that was a an interesting little scene. And the fact that, you know, they specifically made him ask that question, who's that guy? Like, I feel like they're planting some sort of seed there. So uh, that that's going to be interesting. But yeah, that, that's pretty much my takeaways. Um, you know, you guys brought up some great stuff. Um, and, you know, that leads us right to, you know, our question segment, because now there's going to be a lot of interesting things that we, we need to talk about here. I've, I've, like, when we started this episode, uh, before we, you know, went live, I didn't have any questions written down and now I have like five, you know, so just, just from, you know, us talking and stuff. So, yeah. Um, so I'm going to get straight into it and I'm going to start with, with this one because, you know, uh, we've already kind of mentioned it. Richard mentioned it actually. So I want to have a discussion about this. So, um, there was that moment of course, when Tariq, you know, he, he had been locked up. He'd been arrested for the murder of Jabari and R- Ramirez. Um, and then, you know, the lawyer came, the family lawyer came in and dropped off a letter and he said, you know, your father wanted me to give this to you if you were ever locked up. And, you know, I, I, I was hoping I wouldn't have to give it to you. So he gave it to him. And then, you know, we, we, we saw that moment that Dana was talking about where, you know, uh, it said something along the lines of, oh, I, I knew this was going to happen and this is where you belong, uh, you little N-word, you know, th- those were ghost words. And um, <laughs> and I think what Dana was alluding to was that it sounded like something Kanan would say, you know, but uh, but yeah, the, the fact that this was from the father kind of, it kind of emphasizes, you know, it, it plays into that theory a little bit that ghost knew what Tariq was going to do you know, uh, at the club when he shot him, because a lot of people thought, you know, Ghost knew what was going to happen. Um, and that kind of plays into it a little bit. But but also, you know, it, this moment would have been excellent if Omari 
Hardwick, you know, actually made an appearance and he actually said these words in person. Um, at least I think so. I don't think Dana thinks so. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people were expecting that to happen also, but that didn't happen. Instead, we got the letter situation. So I want to go around, you know, and ask, you know, both of you how you felt about this moment. And if you think uh, it would have been better if, you know, Omari uh, actually showed up to, to uh, you know, as a ghost to, to deliver those lines. So I'm going to start with you, Dana. What would you think about that? We do know that Ghost does appear in this show because there is a image that I cannot find with um, basically Ghost cradling Tariq. And it was up here previously, but yay, computers. Uh, one of the things... That is that from this? From this? Is that from like this season this? or is that an old... I thought it was like from an old... That, uh, that, yeah, that, that, that looks like it's an older... Cause it looks like they were, oh, that's like, an older like, one? Yeah, it looks like he was. They were in the elevator in their apartment, if I recall correctly. That's what that scene looks like. Well, omit what I just said. (laughs) So, um, I like the fact that it was actually fifty. I still say it was fifty cent. It sounded exactly like fifty cent. It had the vernacular of which fifty cent would use. So, for me, I feel that it because of what we're seeing from this season. One of the people who were the who the 50 Cent was basically one of the main people who showed up who was already dead that has, you know, I wouldn't say given advice to, but was always there to kind of push Tariq to do certain things. Uh, we had it in the very beginning, remember when he, like, he felt like his entire world was collapsing and 50 Cent basically told him to man up. This is this is what you 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 chose, and I feel that this is what I liked about it. Had Tariq went the way of success and normal, and I'm staying out of the drug life, I feel that it would have shown more of Ghost because that is what Ghost wanted. And you had the battle between him, between Ghost and Fifty Cent, and kind of like that devil and that angel always on your side, where Fifty Cent was always encouraging him, do it this way, do it that way, and Ghost telling him, do it this way. I don't want this life for you. And even to the very end of Cain, he showed him what happens if this is the path that you take completely. Because he was held by the police. We can argue and say it was a stupid death and that he basically caused his own death and he wanted to die because he wanted to get out of the season. But the point is, he chose the life that he chose unapologetically. And he met his end by the police. He was killed by the police as opposed to Ghost was taken out, not by a rival gang member, not by some random crackhead, but by his own son. Everything that Ghost did came back to him through his family. And I felt that that was more important to show 50 Cent because that was the side that he chose. He chose the street life as opposed to your family life. And so for me, having 50 Cent read the letter would have been much better. And also on top of that, I feel my opinion is that Ghost wanted 50 Cent to write him that letter to be like, because if you looked at the friendship, even when it broke off, they were both two sides of the same coin. Like I said, 50 Cent chose this life, Ghost chose another life. So let's have the guy who, you know, kind of emulates and 
is okay with that prison and that hardened life, write him that letter, as opposed to goes to it or probably wrote a four-page letter of, I don't believe you're here, and I tried to teach you right and wrong, and it'd be more emotional. 50 Cent's character as Kane is very emotionless. I always knew you'd be here. <laughs> and that's it. So for me, I did not want to see Ghost at this moment because he already made his decision. And now he has to follow in the footsteps of which he chose. And we already seen 50 Cent kind of push him and give him that advice, man up, you're supposed to do it this way. So I have no problem. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, you know, when when you hear the words that were delivered in that letter, it does very much sound like Kanan. But, you know, it's it's the fact that, you know, it, it was the family lawyer. So and he said it's from a ghost. So I guess that's what it is. But, yeah, it does. It, does, it seems we, like maybe maybe 50 Cent actually wrote that that script, you know, that that right. letter. But if you, you, know, so. you looked at it, this was something in the letter. If you looked at the will, Ghost always knew he was going to die. That was the life that he just kind of always knew. That's why he was able to set up everything in the trust and update stuff. So I mm. think that he, during, because we've seen them have that friendship and break apart. During the part when they were close, I want you to write this letter because this is the path that my son may actually choose upon. I can't do it. You can because of the relationship that you have. So that whole thing could have just been established when Ghost was alive. You know, pick the blue pill or the red pill and you pick, you know, the ghost of 50 Cent. Yeah, I, I find it like very hilarious that Ghost would um would assign Tariq the money once he graduates and then with the same pen write that letter for if he goes to jail. Like that just he sounds knew that like he, he knew either way. Hilarious. He yeah. knew either way. He was he was very well prepared. So update <laughs> your wheels, people. Yeah, that's very important. But uh, Richard, how about you? What do you think of uh that moment and do you think it would have been um, you know, more powerful if Omari showed up to deliver that, you know, those lines. I think I think Dana made a very good point. And and, and I and I do agree that it probably would have been better to have Kanan show up because we've seen Kanan show up as a ghost multiple times with Tariq. You've been, you you've been, you you are you even saw it at the end of the original power, right before he killed ghosts. So it, it would have made sense to have Kanan show up. Um, but I, I guess they decided they didn't want to take that approach. But to answer the question, I, I do agree with you, Gary. It, it, I, I think Ghost should have showed up because the thing is, is that we, as we recall, when we saw the original power, even though Ghost, you know, set up everything for Tariq that he wouldn't get the money until he graduated, he still knew that Tariq, he had, he had to be watched closely. Because you recall when Tariq, when when Ghost was having the falling out with with with, with Tommy, and how Tariq never told him, you know how, how how Tariq ended as you know acted as though he didn't know that that Tommy that Tommy was what was, was alive after Ghost said he killed him because we were talking about that a lot in season six. Um, it's kind of like he tried to play them both against each other to an extent. So it, it it feels like, and you saw there was a scene also, and I believe in that same season where Tariq wakes up and then you saw a ghost had him at gunpoint. So this is what I'm saying is that the way that they set this up is that it, it would have been, it would have made sense to see ghosts show up, I think, or at least give some type of dialogue because we knew that he knew that Tariq still was in a position where he could make mistakes. And that's why I said, 
It's unfortunate we didn't get that, but I understand why, because as I said earlier, if Amari Hardwick shows up in this episode, that will probably be the only thing people are talking about the entire episode. You have to tell the story of Tariq and you show all the stuff he's going through. Some of that you might, it might, it, it might venture more of the fans that keep questioning why they killed ghosts. They would see that as the main highlight of this episode. And it would take away, take a little something off of all of Tariq's story in this episode. So I understand why he didn't show up, but at least it would have been good to hear his voice, I think. But again, it is what it is. But I do agree with what Dana, I think Dana made some great points. I would have definitely liked to have at least seen Kanan then if we wasn't going to see ghosts, but we'll see. I guess we still got the rest of the season to see what other ghosts appear in Tariq's life. <laughs> yeah. And there are a lot of ghosts, you know, a lot of people did, did pass away uh, in power and everything. So yeah, a lot of people could show up, um, but yeah, it, it would be cool to get a, a ghost appearance, but it seems like that might not happen, at least not for a long time. Um, but yeah, I do want to hear uh, from the commenters. So uh, please chime in, let us know what you think about that particular scene. And uh, if you think, you know, ghost should have appeared in that instance, or if it should have been Kanan even, you know, uh, let us know. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm going to get on to, you know, the burning question that comes out of this episode. And, you know, we saw Tariq got locked up, you know, the, the investigation caught up to him um, by way of the wire and everything with Lauren. Um, so, you know, the burning question now is, will Tariq get out? And if so, how? So, uh, you know, Rich, you got any thoughts on how this whole uh, story storyline of Tariq being locked up is going to play out? in the rest of the season, you know, we got five episodes left. Um, how do you see this playing out exactly? Well, we did see that, right. You know, when they showed the whole monologue of Tariq, you know, being taken into custody, there was a scene of Davis McLean receiving a call. So I believe that he already contacted McLean. No, McLean is still his lawyer. So I kind of feel like McLean will do what he can to get involved and help Tariq get out. As far as how soon Tariq is going to get out, I, I I don't think that's going to happen right at the beginning of the second half of the season. It may happen in episode seven. It could happen at the end of, of episode six, but I'm guessing maybe episode seven, definitely at the top of that, because they probably need to show Tariq going through some stuff while he's in there, while he's while he's locked up, because they did the exact same thing with his father. Now, obviously, it will not be exactly the same because you had Charlie Murphy, rest in peace, who was in there. And Ghost had to deal with a lot of violence when he was in there. So it may not be to that extent, but they definitely have to show him. Because we, we know we know once he gets out, he's not going back in for a while, if, if that. So, but he has to learn something from all of this. But I think that Dana made some great points earlier when she mentioned about The Wire where that will come into play. Actually, I believe you said this also, Gary, about the wire coming into play and that Tariq is going to eventually find out and question who did that. And we know that Lauren, obviously that situation, as you say, Gary, is a very complicated situation because she helped him get the apartment, which is her brother's. So if I had to make a guess as to what is going to happen is, yes, she probably thinks that Tariq is innocent. 
and she will try to do what she can to try and convince them to really take a, a deeper look at this. But I think Davis McLean is going to be who's going to have to try and help him get out of this. But also the thing is, is that once she does find out Tariq is involved in all of this, or maybe Tariq is just, once he gets out, he doesn't want to have anything to do with her. This is where she spirals out of control because all the stuff they teased about her, you know, potentially messing around with drugs, smoking and stuff like that. This is where I think this happens because of this whole situation, because if Tariq puts two and two together and realizes that she was wearing a wire, it's not good for their relationship. Um, and I think that's interesting because a lot of people was, we, we, we said, we said, I believe, and a lot of people said that they thought that Lauren was going to be the one that was going to suffer from this relationship because of what was happening, that she could have been the one to take a fall. But instead this episode, because they escalated things so quickly, it's Tariq. So, he definitely will be suspicious when he comes out. Uh, Braden tried to warn him, but he was already there. It was too late. So I'm curious to see what happens. But what I do know is that when Tariq gets out, it's going to be about vengeance. Obviously, he does not trust anybody. And I and I fully believe he knows. He knows Kane is the one that put that badge in there. He they, they didn't have a, he wasn't the one that discovered the badge. We we didn't mention that. Camille discovered it, Tate's brother. But Kane is the one that had that that had that badge. So if he ever finds out, yes, we we found the badge. What what are you going to tell us about that? He going to know Kane is involved. So when he gets out, I'm very curious to see how he's going to play that situation. But um, yeah. It, again, I think they did a very good job setting this up. They escalated things very quickly. So um. We'll see where, where they go from here. Yeah, that is an excellent point. Uh, he, he's once they, they tell him that they found the badge and that's how, you know, he got locked up. Yeah, he'll know instantly that Kane planted it there. And, you know, an interesting thing about that is he asked Braden specifically in this episode, has Kane been here or any of the Tahadas? And Braden chose to lie in that yep. moment. So very interesting. You know, yeah, and, and on and on the flip side of that, Braden, when he's talking to Kane, also isn't being honest about Tariq either. Like he said, yeah, he's not here, or he's being too honest. Say, oh yeah, he's with his girl Lauren, because then that's when Lauren shows up, and then all of a sudden Kane has that interaction you mentioned with her. So he's definitely mm-hmm. going to not trust people after this. Um, but one, oh yeah, one other point I do want to mention r- real quickly, yeah, because this is important. When you saw the montage of everybody looking at Tariq being taken into custody, they also show Tate. Remember the deal that they had, the deal that him and Tate had, which is, I need you to give me the information on the governor. So Tate is could also play a role in making sure he gets out so he can get the information he needs to get to, you know, do his governor thing. So, yeah. And I actually was going to say something about that because I think, you know, I think in prison – uh, Tariq could have some interesting experiences. He can meet some interesting people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my theory was that he actually finds dirt on Sweeney in prison. Like ah. maybe someone someone who's connected to him or, you know, someone who was wronged by Sweeney or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if, if he could potentially find that dirt while he's in prison. And then, you know, perhaps uh, Tate will visit him or something like that. Or he'll, he'll, tell, um, he'll tell Davis McLean you know, that he has information for, for Tate in, in order to get Tate's help to get him out of prison. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. So, mm-hmm. so you that's, know, very that's, good. 
Very, very yeah. good. R writer. That's a writer right there, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I, I was just thinking of ways, you know, he could uh, try and leverage different things to get himself out. So that's one thing that could happen. But, you know, who knows? But Dana, um, I'm waiting to ask you also, you know, what would you think of uh, Tariq being, you know, in prison? Is he going to get out? And if so, how um, and how soon do you think? Um, yes, he's going to get out. He's going to get out very soon. I think it might kind of copy when Ghost was in prison. And remember, we thought it was like, where he's done for. And it was like, what, two episodes later, I'm free. So I think we're going to get that. But the thing that I feel like to piggyback what you guys previously said, the important part about him being in prison is the fact that he can have new connections. And also remember, this takes place in the same location of where Ghost is. I don't know the prison system, but I'm going to assume maybe just for a matter of convenience that he ends up in the same jail system that his father was in. And therefore you have people who are either, you know, you're the father's rivals or the father's, uh, what do you call it? Uh, friends, uh, uh, people who would look out for him as well as the enemy. So it's going to be really interesting how that comes into play when he is in jail and who we end up seeing. Um, will they come near to harm him or will they just like, Hey, can we have connection? I know somebody, I know your daddy. So that's really interesting with that part. But the thing that's more interesting to me is what will happen when you, when he, he's in prison but what's going on outside with everyone else knowing that he's in prison so one of the things that was really interesting was like you guys said previously was your reactions everyone had kind of this overall look of pure disgust except for tate tate genuinely looked hurt he looked like his cat was ran over by a car um yes you could say that's because now his desires of maybe becoming a what is it congressman due to the dirt that he had on the family is it not a congressman senate it's congressman yay yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. he wants to be he wants to be governor but he has to get the governor seat. yeah sorry so yeah. one of them seats that he wants you know you see him being hurt because this is mean that my my chances are being dashed so we can also argue and say that yes he's gonna fight to get Tariq out of prison but maybe he's gonna have to find another alternative to dig up deep deep uh dirt maybe he has to actually get his hands dirty himself instead of sending an errand boy so I would like to see that also as well. Zeke looked completely disgusted by the whole thing. He was just like, oh, my God, stay away from me. I don't know you, um, which is really interesting. And then you have the whole part of McLean being called. And there was a very interesting conversation that he had with his brother, Redman, while they were both in prison, while they was in prison, um, was basically saying, you know, you have dirt on you as well. And I wonder that if he continues the path that he is on, especially with Tariq and how it affects a lot of different people in that case, because you also have the custody hearing, which you now lost custody of, um, how that is going to look upon McLean and what, how his dirt is going to get dug up as well. Because I feel that he has to, in order for him to get Tariq out of prison, you have to blame the murder on someone else so he's going to go digging and how are people going to dig up what he's digging for as well so you have that and also really interesting i wanted to bring up was the fact of yasmin he completely we all know he lost custody of yasmin and he probably will not get yasmin at all i wonder going back to the karma conversation the fact that he was blamed for the murder and he instantly loses 
custody of Yasmin. Is this karma for technically uh, Reyna being murdered because of him? So that is one of the other things that I'm really interested in. And also that, the that's grand- that word karma again. That, 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 karma. That, 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 that's that word karma again. And listen, we have another writer in the room, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and also on top of that, we have to look at, at grandma drunkie. I love grandma, but grandma has a problem and the court knows that she has a problem. And one of the things that was said was <clears throat> we love grandma. <laughs> we want to keep our family together no matter what I'm going to pay for her to be in rehab. Well, that is not going to happen anymore, at least at to this moment. So what happens with grandma? Is grandma going to start hitting the bottle again? Is she going to have to dust off herself and be like, I want to be sober. Jesus be with me and get her granddaughter out of the foster home. I genuinely don't think so because we go back to that monologue of I'm tired. So with this added on top of what she's already going through, and then you have Tariq is now in prison for not one, but double murder, two bodies. Um, Grandma, I felt, was going to just completely walk away. So you have the Yasmin situation. She is going to be in foster care. And I don't know if they're going to touch upon what happens to people in foster care, but it's not always sunshine and roses. And she mm-hmm. desperately wants to get to her brother. So it's a lot of people who are uh, impacted by him going to prison. And one more thing, I will say this is that it all comes down to Brayden. <laughs> Where does Brayden's loyalty lie? Because Brayden right now, he seems to be silent in terms of, he does not know what's really going on. He is the guy everyone is playing. And we don't, we do know that when Kane comes, he's purposely, playing people in order to get Braden to trust him in order for him to control him. So now is Braden going to be completely replaced by Tariq? Yes. But how does Braden feel about this whole situation? Is he going to start using his family? Because remember, he has the family who has connections and ties in both. I'm going to, we know political with Nanette plays a hand into law enforcement is he going to be there for Tariq and to dig up and find out what exactly is going to happen and then on top of that we have that's the wrong picture we have um she says it's a biscuit all these people look alike uh anyway there was a picture that I had of Kane one of the things that it said was respect his whole theme is to find respect from his family from you know, Mecca from the drug world in general. And so he is going to be considered number one guy as well. So he does not, I feel, probably does not want Tariq to be released from prison. And he is willing, he did a lot to get him in there. He is willing to do a lot to probably keep him in there. So he could lose a lot with Tariq coming out of prison as well. So there's a lot of people who are affected by this. And I would like to see what ends up happening. And also, lastly, I kept saying lastly before, Lauren, as you guys previously stated, you know, Lauren, they showed the drug situation. She may end up on the drug. She may take this the most, the hardest because it was her wire. She mm-hmm. feels is mm-hmm. the one that turned him in. And at the end of the day, she didn't want him to be turned in. Remember the whole conversation that she had with Carrie was, I don't want to hurt Tariq, essentially. And Carrie saying, well, if you do that, you're both off free, you know, so... How is that going to impact that? How is that going to impact the relationship with Carrie? Carrie should die at this point. I'm tired of Carrie. That's it. Uh, I just want to make a quick comment, then then you continue, Gary. Uh, 
because Dana brought up the stuff about Davis McLean. I just want to throw something out there. Let's not forget his female partner he worked with last season and how that relationship ended. Because maybe she may play a role as, in being part of his downfall later because she'll probably be there to also pick up any dirt that she can off of him. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But that whole line that Redman gave him, they didn't just throw that in there just, just because. We're going to definitely learn more about what Davis did and why he's also vulnerable as well. So, Oh, yeah. Nothing happens for no reason. So, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, in power. So, so yeah, we're, we're definitely going to uh, learn something about that as the show goes on. But yeah, uh, great points uh, all around. Um, and yeah, my my main thing is I'm wondering how many because I do think Tariq is going to get out this season. But I'm wondering how many episodes it will take because you know I remember when when Ghost was locked up, um, it took about four or five episodes before he was out. You know I think he was out by the mid season finale uh, in that season. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like it was a lot less than that, but it, maybe it was about four, maybe three. It felt like two or three at least, but I have to yeah. go back and see because that, that's a long time. I don't remember. Go ahead, Danny. You were saying something. It was it was definitely more than three episodes, I think. Okay. Because, yeah, because a lot happened as well. Like he met, uh, what's his name? Uh, he met, uh, he met the, the, the fa- Tommy's father. Um, and yeah. then, you know, the whole. Teresi. Yeah. Teresi, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, a lot was happening with with Ghost, but I th- this show like Ghost uh, book two is so fast moving. I don't think they're going to spend that long with Tariq in prison, um, but I think with him, if he's in there at least you know one or two episodes, then that gives that gives some time for the Tahada situation to kind of you know amp up a little because. A lot needs to happen there, I think. A lot of story development needs to happen there. So uh, what was you going to say, Dana? Gonna I was going to just say, yeah. Um, ah, I found my photo. Respect. He's looking for respect. <laughs> no, and also on top of that, yeah, no, going back to what you were saying, I could have sworn that it was like two or three episodes because it was so quick. And we made the comment like, oh, that was quick. Yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll have to go back and and see. But um, I remember because I remember thinking, "Yo, this is going on for way too long." Um, but yeah, um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. But um, so moving on from that, you know, I definitely want the people to chime in. Let us know what you think about Tariq being locked up and how he might find his way out. Um, and don't forget to you know also you know like subscribe as well. You know if you're enjoying the content. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, different questions to get to. So, uh, you know, we just mentioned the Tahadas and Kane. So uh, the, the other burning question that comes from this episode is, um, you know, how do you think Lorenzo being home now affects the Tahada family? You know, how is it going to impact the family? Because uh, there's a lot of moving parts there with the Tahada family in this story. Um, so, you know, what do you think is going to happen there? So... I'm going to go to you first, Dana. You already have your picture up there. So uh, go ahead, let us know what, what you think will happen. Everything's <laughs> going to be a disaster. It's just a mess. And I mean that in the most entertaining way. So what you have to do is you have to take by each each character. 
um, because they all have their own emotion and feeling about this. One, since I found my picture, yay, Kane is no longer number one in the family. He is still going to be a number two guy because Lorenzo is back and no one is going to cross Lorenzo. No one is going to take that spot. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he is going to try to fight for his not only just respect, but his dominance in the field of drugs that he's all into. Um, Also, we have dealing with Diane. Diane... This is something that she clearly wants. This is something that she's orchestrated. She stole money for in order to get. And we know that, yes, she loves her father deeply. And this is something that's based on love. But it's also based on, I can't stand you, mom. So we have that whole Oedipus uh, theory going around there. You know, you honor your mother. and You you honor your father. You kill your, your mother. That's going into play. When And we know that she's automatically going to be on her father's side no matter what. And it's going to further isolate um, Monet. Monet, as we already seen, when she walked through this door, she has absolutely no allies in, in that sense. Um, everyone is kind of lying and hiding and they're all terrified of her understood understandably and so through this isolating moment you feel like oh she can just run to mecca but here's the thing with mecca i don't think we do know that mecca is someone who loves monet very much so and is like i can give you the world you and your kids i wonder if she is gonna have to ask mecca to take lorenzo out because she may not be able to do that herself we saw her struggling from just being able to walk away and she couldn't do that and he is not someone i feel lorenzo is going to be like let's sit down you want to have a divorce that's perfectly fine let's divide everything in half and you have a great life he is someone who is going to fight for her and fight for the family and he may end up doing some things that may threaten her so it comes down to will mecca be the protector that he can easily state he is with the baby, baby, please. Here's my money. Here's the will. But when you have to come down to it and actually fight this man, I believe that there will be no question. But how do how does Monet truly feel? Is it a level of comfortability? Because we do know that she's not someone who's like, I, I want to be completely away from this drug life and let me be independent. She's always being dependent upon her children, especially with Zeke. You're going to have this dream, not because I think it's best for you or because this is your passion and your love, but because I want to piggyback off of what you can do for me. So we have that. And also dealing with the other family members with Zeke and Drew, maybe because daddy is home now, they can, I'm not going to say truly be themselves because I don't think Drew is going to fully tell the family that he's gay yet. Um, There is that level of fear. And especially we know that, male figures tend to not be accepting of their gay sons. Now, this this can be a stereotype. I don't know how Lorenzo feels about this whole situation, but will that end up pushing him further away from the family? Because he generally just doesn't want anything to do with the family. And neither does Zeke, but because daddy's home, does he now feel that he can have a voice to stand against Monet? So I think that this will completely divide the family, which is something that you guys, especially Gary, has touched upon in previous episodes and recordings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that that will be an interesting dynamic for sure. You know, the whole Drew thing and how, 
you know, his father might uh, react to that. Um, and I'm wondering if Monet is going to say something because now she knows, you know, uh, about what's been going on. So, uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm really just interested in seeing how Monet and Lorenzo interact with each other outside of prison because we've only seen them, you know, talk to each other while he's in prison. So, you know, I want to see what their interactions are like now when he's a free man. Um, so, yeah, but Rich, what, what do you think? Uh, how will Lorenzo being out, you know, affect the Tahada family? Let me start off by saying I think Dana made a lot of very strong points. In everything that she said, I, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, and just to expand upon a few things. So uh, Nene, Nene Stewart is in a lot of trouble. All right. She, she, she's gonna, she made my client very angry. So uh, he doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it yet. Now, one thing that I will say is that this show hasn't really told us that Lorenzo, it hasn't told us yet if Lorenzo knows anything about Mecca. We know that obviously that, you know, Mecca was with, was with her before all of this went down, but it doesn't tell us any of that. And I think that we'll find out about that in the second half of the season, because Lorenzo hasn't mentioned Mecca in any conversations. He hasn't mentioned about knowing that who this other guy is. He very well might, but they haven't had that conversation yet. So we'll see. But how do I think uh, him coming back is going to impact the, the dynamic? Well, we know that when he was away, Monet is the one that was running things. So now I think he's going to assume that role once again to take over. Um, how he interacts with his kids. Well, obviously him and Diana have a great relationship. They're not going to have any issues. Um, as for Drew, I agree 100% with what Dana said. We're definitely going to see how he interacts with Drew because Monet already knows about her son. She already knows even before Tariq said all he said in this episode. And by the way, Michael Rainey Jr., excellent actor. I'm glad that he said what he said because this these are the reasons why there are some people that root for Tariq. He's just said how it was to Monet and just put her in her place. So thumbs up. But um, as far as what's going to happen is, yeah, we don't know how Drew interacts with his father. So we'll definitely get to see more of that and see if if Lorenzo knows about Drew, about his secret. Because even Drew in this episode, you saw when he had his interaction with Emmett, when Zeke stopped by and Zeke asked him, how do y'all know each other? He says, oh, yeah, we just met at the club. He didn't even tell him, yeah, this is I'm, I'm dating him now. So he is obviously not comfortable talking about this with 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 with, you know, even with family to an extent. So, yeah, we'll see how that situation comes to a head. But um, as far as Mecca is concerned, um, the thing is, is that what Dana said about, yes, you, yes, uh, Monet coming to Mecca and asking for him to take him out, I mean, coming to Lorenzo and asking him to take out Mecca, that that makes sense that that's something that is going to happen because she's not going to be able to do that. Um, what Where I think the story is going to end, though, unfortunately, is that she's going to end up losing both of them. Because now that Lorenzo is out, I obviously see, yes, if he does go after Mecca and so on and so forth, he can, he can either end up back in jail if he kills Mecca, or Mecca could end up back in jail for killing him. So I think this story ends with her losing both of them, unless they have another plan as to how this is all going to fall out. But I think what we are going to see now that Lorenzo is back in the picture, you're going to start to see how it felt as though Monet had to change her life when she got with him, because that's one thing we haven't seen because this character has been in jail for the entirety of the show. 
we haven't seen how the dynamic is and how he operates when he's at home. And the fact that he is in power, he's in control, what kind of impact that has on Monet? Because with him being away, she felt as though she had to carry the burden and do all this other stuff with him not being there. So now you're going to see a lot of the what makes her feel the way that she is when she was paranoid, all this other stuff. You're going to see a lot of that now and to better understand why she doesn't want to be with her actual husband. So that's what I think we'll get out of that. But I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I do agree, Gary, with what you said. It, it, it would be fine to have Tariq stay in jail for a couple of episodes so they can really focus in on this storyline because this has a lot of impact for everybody moving forward. So looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of... Uh, Wait, uh, oh, they, they, go they, ahead, they, Dana. Dana has, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I had a complete brain like, whoop. Remember going back in the classroom, how Carrie was so on top of Tariq about the karma incident. And then the fact that now you fast forward later, he's being, he's being arrested. I wonder if her attitude and the other students kind of seeing him purpose, seeing her purposely pounce on Tariq will blow back in her face. And wonder if Carrie was the one who set him up. Because remember, because even Lauren was like, she was extra hard on you. What was that about? Yep. The other students, especially the other one, who's always very boisterous and is very opinionated. I wonder if she will have something to say as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely oh. expecting some uh, some tension between Lauren and Carrie. Um, because I think Lauren will be conflicted in how she feels because I because she loves like Tariq, but um, you know, but then Carrie on one side is trying to tell her that you know he deserves to to be locked up or whatever. So I think she's gonna have some inner conflict, and I think she might end up resenting Carrie, um, especially if she gets to talk to Tariq like while he's locked up and he tries to appeal to her and say, "Look, I'm innocent" or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think she'll believe him. And, you know, that will make her, you know, kind of feel a way towards Carrie. But what was you going to say, Rich? And I just going to say one thing, and then, I, and then I know you'll probably jump back on the Tejada thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to answer what, what Dana said also, I think she made a very good point with that being what happens, because we never got a scene of Carrie finding out that Tariq had already, had already stashed something in her draw. And that is how you come full circle because that can be discovered at a later time. And then they say, well, wait a second. We, now we have to carry once again. Now she has to be questioned by the police. So that makes sense because I was wondering to myself when I saw this episode, it was just such a dramatic shift in her and how she operated because prior to this, she was very sympathetic to Tariq as she's always been. When she wanted to talk with him in, in, in her office and then of course Tate distracted while he planted the, the, the stuff in there. But we never saw her, you know, a, a moment of a development of her going from being sympathetic to all of a sudden, yes, he is, he's guilty. You need to th- th- throw the book at him. We never <laughs> saw any progression in any of that. So it makes sense, as Dana said, if the kids are suspicious, A, maybe she has something to do with him getting arrested. And then they investigate and they find, oh, something's in her desk. Now she's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Because again, the show is called Power, but the power shifts from different characters you know, every so often. So that'll be very brilliant if that's what the plan is. But yeah, I just wanted to comment on that. 
Oh yeah, that that could very well be the case. That could even be how Tariq gets out, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I could uh, totally see something like that happening. Um, so yeah, good point to uh, bring that up, Dana. Um, but yeah, so going back to uh, the Tahada thing, uh, I actually forgot what I was gonna say specifically, but I do want to get to because um, you know, shouts to uh, Esther Negron who left a, a comment. Um, and, you know, she she spoke about the Drew scene where, uh, you know, he was speaking to Everett and, um, you know, he told him, you can ask me anything, you know, ask me anything you want and I'll answer at this moment, you know. And she made the comparison to Michael Corleone in The Godfather and how, uh, you know, in The Godfather, Michael Corleone starts out being, you know, he, he's viewed as like the softer son um, you know, who who's not going to take over the family. And then he makes a complete transition um, into being the head of the family and the most, the most ruthless of, you know, the leaders in the family or whatever. So um, she made the comparison with Drew and saying that he could be the one that ultimately ends up heading the family. Um, you know, he could go through some serious growth and development to where he's the one at, at, you know, the, that top seat at the table where Lorenzo is. Um, and then, you know, Richard mentioned actually that Courtney Kemp had a live um, and she actually confirmed that, you know, this was her thinking, you know, with with Drew saying those those lines to Everett, you know, she, she actually was thinking about, you know, she was making that comparison to the Godfather. So, you know, this could be something that we see. So, um, you know, uh, Dana, is that something you could actually see happening? You know, Drew making that transition? You're muted. Are you good? Oh. Sorry. So Drew making the transition of being the actual Michael Corleone of the of the <laughs> thing. Um, you can make that assumption because Michael Corleone, here's the thing with Michael Corleone. They pushed him not to be a part of that whole drug empire mafia family. And he happened to accept that role because everyone else is really bad at it. Um, Drew, I genuinely feel, does not want anything to do with this family. And I don't feel that there's any interest of him going in that direction at all. Now you could say because he's the quietest of the most, but he's not the most observant and we haven't seen the him being that observant. He's been kind of in his own little world with his boyfriend and making sure no one knows that he's gay and, you know, being a part of the basketball team, but not really being a standout. He exists. And you can say that Michael Colleone existed but Michael Colleone was extremely observant and he was able to figure out people's weaknesses and strengths by just watching it. Now, unless Drew was doing this all on off camera, then you can make that argument. But I really can't fully see that correlation yet unless they do something really drastically in the second half or maybe even, even in season three when the family is at such a disarray and no one trusts each other and people are moving out and screw you, Monet, I'm gone. You know, I don't want anything to do with you. And Lorenzo is running around trying to kill both uh, Monet and Mecca. Sure, you can make that. But right now, no, I don't I can't see that. I see that. 
I, I, I see more Fredo in, in Kane than anything. And, you know, we all Fredo know that. Fredo and Kane or Drew? No, Fredo and Kane. Remember Kane? Kane wanted the whole respect. He was supposed to be the leader. He was the one, I know everything. He was the one, I'm making deals and I'm making connections. And look at that. And I'm setting people up. And I'm being the strong man. And I want to be seen and heard. That was Fredo. You, you mean Sonny? That was not... Am I confusing? Sonny was like the aggressive one. And then um, uh, the other one... Uh, say, what was the name again that you just said? Fredo. Wasn't Fredo, Fredo yeah, the he, one he, he was, was the whole I knew it was you? He was the one that uh, Michael had to kill because he uh, he was snitching. Well, then yes, he's Sonny. So I think, you, I think you mean Sonny, yeah. I meant Sonny. I'm sorry. It's been a while. All these Mafia movies to look alike. So yes. <laughs> um, but either way, Drew is not Michael yet, but he could be Michael, but he's so disgusted by the family. Yeah. And, and it's interesting how you broke that down because then I was thinking... So what happens in The Godfather that makes Michael um, then become the head of the family? And what happens is um, Sonny actually ends up getting killed. So if in this analogy, if we're saying, you know, Sonny is Kane, would Kane end up being killed? Possibly. And then then Drew Drew has to step up. That would be interesting. you know, Kane is is a dead man walking uh, because because when Tariq finds out he's in trouble. Also, and and, and I wanted to mention this. I didn't want to go too much off topic, but Dana had the comment earlier about you know, well, Mecca. You know, if Monet asked Mecca to go after take out Lorenzo, yeah, you could just have uh, you know Mecca use his people, but he killed one of his boys, Nuff, in this episode. And so that name is, is significant because he had enough of this guy. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, but yeah, he got he had enough of him, and he just slight, sort of slit his throat like it was. It, he he had him killed. The the, the chef. I love the chef. Just, oh my yeah. god! Oh yeah, the that chef scene. is amazing. He's, He's and stuff. then his voice is like what? Sorry. Yeah. But but you see, they, they've done a good job of. Of and I didn't want to take over, but yeah, Gary, we'll go back to you and, and Dana. Yeah, but I, I, they've done a good job of showing you how ruthless and how and how you know how you know how Mecca is. You know, in terms of when he takes action against somebody, we've never seen that from Lorenzo, and that's what I want to see. Is Lorenzo mm-hmm. just as violent and ruthless? I think we'll finally get an answer about that once he finds out. Oh, Monet is messing around with this guy. Yeah, I'm curious to see that. Yeah. Oh, and and. Now I remember what I was going to say before, um, but I want to let you go first uh, and just break down what you think of the whole Godfather analogy, you know, since that's what we're currently talking about. Oh, I think uh, I think you and Data made great points. Um, Drew, obviously, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like he, he is observant of some stuff because but he also is not afraid to just say whatever, because I recall in this season he had a conversation with Zeke when all this stuff was going down. He told Zeke, oh, yeah, Tariq is behind that course correct stuff because Zeke didn't know. And I think that's important to remember because, as y'all alluded to, probably when they come back in episode six, a lot of people are going to have re- reactions to Tariq. Now Zeke definitely don't want nothing to do with Tariq and believes that Tariq did, 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 is behind the shooting. 
because he's heard about the drug stuff that he's involved in. So all of these tidbits are going to come back full circle. But um, yeah, I, I kind of think I agree with what Dana said. Drew could make that turn and completely do, do do what he's doing. We do know things with him and Everett are not going to end well. We we know that that's coming. You know, it's it's just it's 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 too much going on with that situation right now. Um, but it, it definitely could go in the direction where he does become more violent because we've seen him of two minds this season when he tried to do his art thing wasn't successful. And then he's also, you know, going to the gun range with Kane as well. So yes, it is going to happen, but yeah, and I agree. Up reporters. Oh yeah. Be at the report. Oh yeah. That, that was hilarious. I love that from last week. So I, I have to say, but yeah, um, I do agree. If they go with that analogy, if they go full throttle with the analogy and Kane gets taken out just for him to realize his true potential, that'd be very interesting. And that will go along with the dynamic of making him a monster, as they alluded to, is what would happen this season with that character. So we'll see. So then then it had to that Zeke is Fredo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zeke. He's Fredo. Li- if you look at Fredo, Fredo was living the life. Remember, remember, he, Fredo had the Playboy thing in Vegas. He was living the life, and and he finds comfort in all of the women and the drinks and everything else. If you look at Zeke, he's the number one basketball player. Everyone's flocking to him. I think after this whole situation of him walking out of prison, he may not feel like he's untouchable, but there will be like a moment of pride. So you can say that he's the Fredo one. Yeah. Kane is definitely sunny, and then um, yeah, I just I don't I I wonder how Braden falls into this whole thing. Braden is this not someone? I don't know. It's very interesting. Rabbit hole. Sorry. Yeah, and and if Zeke is a uh, Fredo, you know, um, that means you know he's kind of like the weak link in the family, and the reason why that could be apparent here is is uh. We know that you know he is Mecca's son. He's he's not Lorenzo's son. So when that is that is found out, you know his life could be at danger. You know at that point. So. Well, I I, I will say this: if something happens to Zeke, it, it, you, you, if something happens to Zeke, you know Mecca is it, it, that's it. He going off. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh yeah, that's uh, going to be interesting. Uh, Dana, was you trying to say something? I think you were breaking up a little bit. Was you I was something? just trying to figure out, like, yeah, the, just the situation with Drew. Because I, I'm still not sold on him being Michael. But you can say, I guess. Yeah. I'm just not being sold. It's hard to sell me on him. <laughs> Maybe he's Diane Keaton's character. Can he be Diane Keaton? <laughs> Diane Keaton. <laughs> That's hilarious, but I'm not going to say why. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> not because of that. <laughs> no, like, um, like he's the all-American, you know. He falls in love. Yeah, you know, he's ultimate. Yeah, he's not aware of all of the violence that goes around, as is not Diane Keaton's character, but she's still a Colleon. Yeah. Eh? And then she leaves at the end. And remember, by by part three, she's remarried. Yeah, no? I mean, okay, like, then she's you know, not gay. I thought she was gay. It, 
It could be, it could be, but like, you know, obviously the analogy, they're not going to go all the way with it because these are supporting characters as well. Tariq is the main character. Um, But, you know, it's just an interesting little side note there that, you know, uh, there is some sort of parallel, some sort of, you know, inspiration behind those words that, uh, you know, uh, Drew said in the episode. Um, But yeah, was there anything else to add to that before, before I move on here? Um, what do you say? You're kind of breaking up a little bit, Dana. McLean is Robert Duvall's character. <laughs> the lawyer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The lawyer. <laughs> yeah. He's so McCain. Sorry. He is so McCain. The personality is definitely similar there. Um, but yeah, so uh, the thing that I forgot to say earlier was that. Um, you know, judging by the timeline and the ages of the children and everything, it's clear to me that Monet was probably, you know, dating Lorenzo and Mecca at the same time back in the day. So I'm wondering if, um, does, does Lorenzo know that she was seeing someone else? You know, he might not specifically know who it was, but does he know that she was, she had a side piece? Go ahead, Rich. Well, well, the the thing about that is, if that is the case, if he was seeing her, then I think that he would have to know she was pregnant at some point, unless she had the baby after, and then she started seeing it. See, it's a lot of things they have to explain with that, because it's not as clear with that. So, But yeah, in any event, she definitely was seeing Lorenzo shortly thereafter, if not at the same time, because the timing is, they're, they're similar in age. Uh, they're going to go, I guess, they're, they're, they're going to eventually talk about the ages of all the kids, I would assume. So we'll find out, I'm assuming, in the next couple episodes. Yeah, because we, we have to know that age difference. That's very crucial crucial here because, mm-hmm. you know, what's the, what's the age difference between Kane and Zeke, you know, or Drew, Drew and Zeke? Like, because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's going to be very apparent because I believe Diana is the youngest, right? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think she is the youngest. Yeah, so... Yeah, like we we really need to know that those age differences, because uh, yeah, like because obviously if you're pregnant, that is going to show. So like, how was you able to hide that? You know, so not yeah, everyone shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are a lot of cases of people being pregnant and no one even knowing, but it seems like, a little extreme. Like, no, but so, if you if 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 you're sleeping with someone and then they wake up the next morning and they have morning sickness, that's not going to look suspicious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I, I kind of hey, think, yeah, we, I, we we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, I'm curious to know uh, what people have to say about that. But yeah, I think they cause... are going to address that because the people that's the main question they was asking is about what the age difference because everyone assumed oh it has to be Kane. Because Kane is violent and aggressive, just like Mecca. So he must be Mecca's son, but it's not. It is Zeke. Even though it sounds goofy and Zeke is very goofy, it, when he makes certain expressions, it, it's Zeke. So they definitely got to explain that better. Yeah. And, and also, did they ever say how long Lorenzo was locked up? Well, they, they didn't. He, he, well, he, was, he was supposed to be in there for life, but they never said how long he was in there because when the show started, he was already in in, in jail from the from the very beginning. So it's hard to to mm-hmm. know how long he's been in there. 
yeah, they they have a lot of explaining to do with that. So <laughs> uh, we, I guess we we need to know. Um, but yeah, see, like you said earlier, Rich, they're already building up, like they're already adding details in. Because um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, what, what was that other thing they mentioned? You said earlier they you said they mentioned something else. So yeah, uh, these yeah, things yeah. are very important. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they mentioned pretty much when when Kevin they had that scene where they were co questioning uh, Lauren and she mentioned they heard that voice that came. Oh, and then Kevin looks up and says, "That's Lorenzo Junior. His name is Hurricane. They nicknamed him Kane." And yes, Zeke actually was living with them when he was in high school. So all oh, that yeah. was said in the episode. I, I hope people listen to that because it's in the episode. Because then they'll have questions for Courtney Kemp later. Like, wait a second, what does this mean? It, it was explained. It's explained. So hopefully people were paying attention. <laughs> yeah. So with that, with that key piece of information, it seems like they're already sort of like building up the information. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause, cause yeah, it's, it's obvious people are going to have questions about this. Uh, cause it, it doesn't make much sense, but I'm sure they have an explanation for it. So, mm-hmm. um, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, was there any more to say on that before we, uh, oh, move no. on here? Well, no, we're good. Oh, wait, Dana, Dana. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. Yep, I thought about it again. You're right. Mm-hmm. Drew is uh, is, is Michael Corleone. Oh. I just want that. Well, I what made that you come to that? Myself. Once he kills the boyfriend, he's going. he kills the boyfriend in order to protect his family. And because that dude mm-hmm. has too much of a mouth, keep your stuff to yourself. That's also another lesson. Streets are no streets. Keep your business and other people's business to yourself point i'm simply saying is once he kills him he kills him to protect the family so therefore he has to get in with the family and do the family business to further protect them and what's going on with the school and the investigation yep you're right michael yeah yeah i do i definitely think that could happen um him you know being the one to to get rid of everett because Everett seems like, you know, he seems like he, if he's interrogated or anything, he is going to give up information. He seems that type. Like, you know, he's going to be Everett very willing to say something. Yeah. yeah around <laughs> Drew too much. Go find a friend. Yeah. And, and that could be another dynamic we see too, where uh, Zeke befriends uh, Everett. Like, they get closer as friends as well. And then that might cause some friction as well with uh, Drew. You know as well so um that would be interesting but yeah so the last thing uh the last question i have here uh you know is you know now that we we, we see that Tariq went he went to a lot of ex, uh extent to get custody of yasmin you know his sister and everything uh we saw the whole court scene which was hilarious you know big mama was there um <laughs> and you know kane <laughs> Kane reiterated that he cares about his grandma and he wants her to get help. Um, yeah, there you go. And, um, you know, eventually the judge awarded Tariq custody. She said she wanted to give him a chance, um, you know, with looking after his, his sister. And then immediately after that, you know, we know what happens. He got arrested. Um, so the question is, what is going to happen to Yaz now? Is she just going to go straight back to foster care? Or do you think there's any possibility that McLean could, you know, um, make some sort of appeal where, you know, um, maybe Lauren steps in and and still takes custody of Yasmin because she is the girlfriend and perhaps even, um, 
you know, they set up something where Big Mama um, gets the help she needs so that, you know, um, eventually Yaz goes back to, to Big Mama, goes back into her custody, you know, once she finishes a course of, of a, AA or, you know, um, wherever it is where they, you know, uh, the rehab for alcoholics or whatever, you know, because once, once she goes back into the foster care, it's a whole, it's going to be a whole long process for him to be able to get her again. And they're probably going to say no at that point. So I feel like Davis McLean is going to try and fight to have, you know, the situation in place where Yaz is out of foster care. So do you feel like there's any possibility of that happening or is Yaz going straight back to foster care, do you think? Um, so go ahead, Dana, because you seem uh, <laughs> you seem to think this is not possible. Full of emotions. First of all, can we not saddle Lauren with raising someone's child and she herself is a child? Can we just not do that? And I mean, that's essentially what Tariq was going to do. No, no, no. No, yes, but here's the thing, though. They were together as a team. She truly cared about Tariq, and she wanted him to make sure that he was okay, and she cared about his dreams. It wasn't like, oh, I care about Yasmin's dreams. Yay, Yasmin. I don't think she even met him. I met her maybe like one time, and that was like a high-buy situation. So, no. Also, the whole thing with the brother's apartment. That is uh, not permanent. That is temporary. You know, the brother is a drug addict who can't get out of the halfway house. But what happens if he's clean and all of a sudden you just see her running around with a baby? No, I don't like it. Um, McLean going out there to make sure that um, Yasmin is no longer in foster care. I don't think it's going to work because unless Tariq's the charges are completely overturned and his record is expunged, there's no way that that is going to work and then you're going to give custody to a random stranger because technically she's a teenager who's a random stranger who lives on college granted her daddy is not a big king drugs kingpin thingy but no absolutely not also where does she have the time to do that can we make sure she has an education can we help establish the relationship between her and diana no I mean, how how was Tariq gonna have time? You know, how was he even gonna have time to do it? Even that, I didn't. I thought was a bit janky. But you're gonna saddle this responsibility on literally a random girl that he happens to like one day. No, I didn't like it then. I don't like it now, and I don't like her being a single mom to his sister. So I'm sorry, Yasmin. You have to go to foster care and stay there. Um, <laughs> right now. McLean is going to be working on trying to get Tariq out of prison because that's a wee bit more important at the moment. That's more pressing than anything because you're not fighting just one case. You're fighting two cases, double murder. No. So exactly. Write her off the show and call it a day. I'm done. Well, if, 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 if Tariq needs help getting out of jail, I'll be happy to uh, try and do what I can to get him out of jail. Oh, yeah. The bondsman. <laughs> That's true. And also for grandma, grandma's tired. Like I said previously, grandma's not going to AA because now she can't go to AA because everyone's broke and she uses money. So, no, let her go and live her normal, drunk, happy life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was curious if Tariq could possibly get bail, but this is like a double murder. So I don't think yeah. they'll award him bail at all. So. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, Rich, did you have anything to add to this? Like, is is Yaz yeah. is it done for Yaz? Is she just going straight back to foster care? I I I I honestly think that Dana hit it on the head. Uh, she is going back to foster care for a lot of the reasons that Dana said. Also, I I I would not be surprised if we see a scene in the next episode where while Yaz is staying at this place, and let's say Lauren is over there, you'll see that the the you know that they'll have their officers come there and and take uh, Yaz off the premises because all of this feeds into Lauren's guilt for what has happened to Tariq. So it makes sense from that standpoint for Yasmin to end up being end up going back to foster care because it's going to magnify the issues of how Lauren feels about the situation. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, that's what's going to end up happening, unfortunately, uh, unless they come up with some elaborate way to say, oh, she can still stay with Lauren, which I don't think that'll be realistic from a story standpoint. And in real life, I don't think stuff like that has happened either to that extent. So yeah. we'll see. What happens? But I think I think Dana has it. She's going back to foster care. Yeah, I guess you're you're, you're right with that because it's. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say overall, yes, you can understand that she plays a a part in Tariq. You know, wanting to make sure he has something to care about. But I think right now the best thing for him and for her. I'm sorry. I hope she ends up great in foster care. <laughs> is to stay away from Tariq. Yes. Everything at this moment that T- Tariq seems to touch is withers and somewhat dies and is a hot mess he also got his sister killed reina i'm still not over that so i don't want him touching another sister was she gonna <laughs> die too no go away yeah yeah it, it, i guess it is because even Tariq getting custody was a little far-fetched too so you both make great points that you know um there's probably no loophole um but yeah like the way McLean works is he he seems to, you know, pull off things in very sneaky ways. So, you know, I'm wondering how, you know, I, I can't wait to see how he handles this entire case, you know, um, in general, because I, I think he's going to do a lot of uh, slithering around, you know, uh, to get Tariq out of prison. So I can't wait to see how he operates. Go ahead, Rich. And one last thing I do want to say for those that may have theories out there, let's squash it right now. Tasha is not coming back. Dana had an opportunity to interview Tasha because she's on Queens now. <laughs> she is not coming back. And Courtney Kemp also said that in the live. Tasha isn't coming back because she's busy on this other show. So And to, and to piggyback off of that, with the conversation I had with Notori, I was also right over what happened in Queens and who got shot and why. So yay me. <laughs> well, yes. Dana's got all the predictions down. You know, she, she, uh, she guessed the whole Mecca thing, so... Yeah, that's you're you're two you're up two now. So uh props to you. But um yeah, so I think that's pretty much uh all the questions I had. Did you guys have anything uh you wanted to bring up? Because you know, this was the, the mid season finale. Uh we won't be back for another two weeks. So if there's anything else, you know, you wanna bring up or any other theories, please do so now. So uh Dana, I believe you had uh something you wanted to say. Can Richard go first? I lost track of my notes. Okay, uh, Rich, you got anything? Well, I, I you know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't have any any real questions. Uh, I, I just want to say that I just want to reiterate that. Yeah, I thought it was a great midseason finale. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty left up in the air, so that's what you want to do. Uh, it is unfortunate that people will have to wait 
two weeks because it's going to feel like it's a lot longer than two weeks waiting for the show to come back because it isn't coming back to January 9th. Um, but uh, a, a very, a very good way to end the year, though, I would say for sure. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a very long two weeks, like the longest two weeks. Because <laughs> uh, I really can't wait to see, you know, what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, Dana, did you find uh, what you were going to say? Mm-hmm. Diana. All right, go ahead. We have not touched upon the fact that Diana is running things and she, she knows how to get in between different people and to use them in order to get what she wants that whole conversation that she had with Kane and I'm going to go and tell mommy that you did this she's able to get away and she's the master of uh, right now of emotional tactics and that is why I have to say that she is Michael Jr. so there goes that we keep forgetting about what she's able to do and also how she is fighting for control as well and then remember the whole thing is about who can control who and i want kane in order to control uh brayden and i want what how did it go it went kane has to control both Tariq and brayden but meanwhile if you look at the whole thing the real puppet master is diana yeah so i agree yeah Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm glad you brought that up. We did see that in this episode. We saw it also in the previous episodes because the whole thing about uh, with, 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 with with the Coke, you know, where she takes it to Monet and Monet laughs because there's sugar in it. And then she goes back and tells Tariq, you know, my mom was very angry. So now you owe me. So, yeah, mm-hmm. she is controlling as well. So, yeah, you're 100 percent right about that. Yeah, that also, was hilarious. Oh, oh good. No, one little thing was was really just more like a shot was when, what was his name, Chef killed Nuff and how they had the blood trickle down into the ice because mm-hmm. it was ice cold. I loved how they did that whole shot. <laughs> that was very good. And then Mecca's just like, haha, you clean it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a real boss. Like a real yeah. boss. Oh, and one more other thing. I wonder how long, I want to know Mecca's plan of how long he was planning to get Monet back or Nene. Because if you're drawing up wills and trust and you're like, I have this for you and I can take care of not just mm-hmm. my kid, but all your kids. How long was he planning this? And during that whole planation, he knows who everyone is. He knows the pieces that's running around. He knows where Lorenzo is. I want to know how much does he know on the family? And if that is everything at the end, how was he able to turn maybe uh, Tahata against you, you know, against turn them against him. I will, but wonder what he's going to do because his goal, his mission is to get Monet back by no matter what. So, what is he willing to do in order to do that? And the fact that he knows who Mech, not, not Mecca, duh, but he knows who Kane is, who he really is in the relationship, who else is he willing to manipulate in order to get on his side? And mm-hmm. maybe he may have people coming for Tariq not to kill him, but to help him in the prison in order to persuade Monet. I don't know. I, I just I just I just want to say one thing to piggyback off of that. Um let's hope that Lorenzo does not find out that Zeke is Mecca's son. Because if he finds that out, I think Zeke is in trouble. He does something to Zeke. Oh, then it, it, it it's on between the both of them. So I, that's 
that's so so Zeke should, shouldn't celebrate. Yes, he got off. He got off. He didn't end up going to jail, but that don't mean he still can't get killed or something bad happens. So. Yeah, but yeah, at the yeah. same time, if he does do something against his son, that whole family is going to rain hell on him. Oh, well, Mo- 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 Monet, Monet, yes. Um, I think that the kids will still be, they'll still feel a certain type of way to know, oh, this was our brother the whole time, and you've been lying and saying that he's our cousin. It, it's it, it's going, like, like y'all said, it's going to be a hot mess. It's going to be a hot mess, but I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I am sensing some energy, like some negative energy, like like Lorenzo and Mecca know more than they they let on because yep. there was that scene where um, uh, I think it was last week or the week before when Monet was trying to get the money to pay uh you know um, uh, Davis McLean, and she went to Lorenzo to ask him, you know, and he specifically said, you know, I'm not giving up any money for Zeke, you know, for for the nephew. Um, yeah, that did. So it's like, that, that was last week. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, why was he so forceful in that moment with saying, you know, you know, I'm not giving him, I'm not giving any money for him, you know? And then also, I need to go back to the first episode of this season, but I'm pretty sure in the first uh, scene where we see Mecca and Kane, I'm pretty sure he mentioned Kane's father. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said something about, you know, his father in that scene. You know where they uh they they went into a back alley and they had some sort of uh some fight or whatever mm-hmm. or some sort of shootout. Um, I'm pretty sure Lorenzo was mentioned, so I need to go back and and see what what was said there exactly. But yeah, um, yeah. well, he well, yeah. he 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 definitely knows about the father, but it, the question is how much does Lorenzo know about Mecca? That's what we don't know, and and he probably knows more. So yeah, they they gotta they gotta. I'm I'm curious to see how they're going to explain all of that. Yeah. Yeah, can't wait. So one make more sure. thing. Go Sorry. Ahead. One more thing and I promise I'm done. Okay. <laughs> Remember how um Tariq when he was picking up his gun from the dorm, how he told Braden we have to make sure the apartment is clean because they're doing the whole drug thingy. Yeah. And they're they're going through the different dorm rooms, and the fact that they found his badge in the college room, I'm wondering if Tariq in his brain is going to think that Braden was the one who planted the badge there, since he had most access to the room, and he doesn't know anything about Kane being actually in the apartment mm-hmm. or dorm. So, yay! I, if I was Tariq, I would not trust anybody. When I when I eventually yeah. get out, it, it, he can't trust anybody right now. Because it's it's a very uh, volatile situation, but that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and everyone kind of lied to him. You know, Braden lied to him, uh, Lauren lied to him because she had the the wire and everything. So, yep, it's it's going to be hard for him to trust anyone when when he gets out. Uh, and I think he'll be very angry and bitter as well. So it's going to be hilarious to see that. But um, make sure you people listening, you know, make sure you chime in. You know, leave your comments. Let us know what you think uh, is going to happen in the second half of this season. Um, And I hope everyone, you know, has a happy holiday, you know, Uh, make sure you spend some time with the family, enjoy yourself, relax. You know, this is, it's one of the only times in the year where everyone gets to kind of relax and reset a little bit. So make sure you make good use of that time and, you know, treat yourself, um, you know, and enjoy the festivities. Uh, We will be back in the new year, you know, 2022, 
Um, and yeah, uh, there's there's lots to look forward to. You know, um, I just you know, Rich just told me before this that uh, you know, power force begins right after book two. So we're we're going to be here for a long time. You know, mm-hmm. um, talking about power. So I'm looking. I'm very much looking forward to it. So uh, yeah, but that is going to be it for today's episode. Um, I want to head over to to you, Dana. You got any shout outs before we get out of here? Shout outs to everyone who has listened to us, especially me ranting very crazily. Um, and thank you so much for supporting us. And please continue to support us. We also have interviews with the full cast of the game that's coming up. Remember that the game, that TV show that keeps getting canceled, but it keeps coming back. Yay. And we also have a cast interview with Macbeth, the one that's by Denzel Washington and you know, all the black people are actually in there this time. So look forward to that one. And we have more stuff that's coming up in multiple days. So thank you. Oh yeah, indeed. Uh, we got a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, if anyone's, uh, going to be checking out spider-man anytime soon you know definitely look out for our content you know around that uh very interesting stuff um and big shouts to to dana on that as well for leading that coverage um go ahead dana and one more thing really quickly sorry hawkeye we will be having a very interesting uh interview with the guy that people think is actually vincent d'onofrio <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah spoiler yeah. If you didn't watch the episode yet, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so you, uh, how about you, Rich? Uh, any shout-outs? Oh, yeah. Shout-out to you both. Always enjoy having these conversations, talking about power in every other show. Uh, I want to definitely give a special shout-out to everybody that has been commenting and liking the videos. You know, we see every comment. You know, I, I, I love the engagement, and I think a lot of you have great ideas. You are, you always say great things. So uh, look forward to seeing your responses on this. Definitely want to hear your responses on some of the other upcoming shows we have as well. But, uh, yeah, I, I want everybody to have a great holiday season and definitely stay safe out here. Uh, take care of yourselves, and we will definitely see you in 2022. Awesome. Uh, was you going to say something else, Dana? Um, this was a plug that I had to plug. Sorry. Uh, basically, it's saying since we, uh, Power ah. Book 3, Raising Canaan, the complete first season it will be coming to DVD on February 1st. So make sure you pick that up because it's a pretty good season, as we explained and went through. Just in time for Black History Month. There you oh, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get yourself some black history and, and uh you know if uh if I happen to be dating anyone that's that's my Valentine's Day gift right there. You know? <laughs> Make sure you get me that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, um shouts to everyone who listens and engages with the show. You know, we got a lot of comments last week, so you know, I appreciate everyone, you know, people like Rainy J, you know, uh Esther Negron, you know, mm-hmm. thank you so much for you know sharing all the theories and everything. Uh, big shouts to Kwame um, and also Robert Silva. Um, yeah, so long-term listeners there. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, make sure you guys check out, you know, all the other content. Check out the coalition.com as well, the website. That's coalition with a K. Um, and yeah, um, just have a great Christmas. Have a great holiday, everyone. Um, and we will be back, you know, uh, January uh January 9th. So Mm -hmm. look out for us. Peace out. Peace.